here today and the many topics that we and all Christians can proclaim. We proclaim your creative act. We ask your blessings on Genesis 1 and 2 and Psalm 33 as we turn to our inserts as we proclaim that God is our creator. Would you join me now in the bulletin insert, which has been reproduced? We've made bulletins um, available on the tables back and the offering plates are there. And those tables will be available next week as we have our closing service of communion. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. God bless them. God wants to bless you and I today and those by way of television and radio. And God said to them, be fruitful and, and multiply and, and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth.
God from the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things remain for us and for all salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate with the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic, universal, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us spend a few moments in silence this morning God works in our hearts. Father, we come this morning. We ask that you be a merciful God. Mercifully work and bring a sense of justice and peace for our enemies seem at times to be in hot pursuit. All day long, the psalmist says, they press their attacks our adversaries pursue us all day long in their pride. Many are attacking us. When we are afraid, we put our trust in you. We as Christians are to operate in faith and not in fear. Record our misery, lest our tears be on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then our enemies will turn back when we call for help. By this we will know that God is for us, in God whose word we praise, in the Lord whose word we praise. In God we trust, and we are not afraid. What can man do to us? For you have delivered us from death, and our feet from stumbling, that we may walk before God in the light of his life. Psalm 56. We thank you, O Lord, for our senses this morning. According to the psalmist, Psalm 56, verse 1, be merciful to me, O God. Thank you for our senses, Lord. They serve us well in the physical world by enabling us to enjoy its pleasures and avoid its dangers. And in regard to the spiritual world, however, they may often deceive us. Although they are quick to reveal what is wrong with everyone else, they, they lie about what is wrong with us. Our eyes tell us when someone else is immodest, but they don't tell us when we are envious. Our ears tell us when someone slanders us, but they don't tell us when we use truth to deceive. Our skin tells us when the room is the wrong temperature, but it doesn't tell us when our heart is cold and arrogant or hot and foolish. If we are to know these things, O oh Lord, you must reveal them. Long ago you formed us out of dust. You later gave us spiritual life by 
adding living water. Today, we need a mixture of dust and water applied to our eyes, like we once did for a blind man, so that we will be able to see spiritually as well as do physically. May we not hide in darkness of sin, but walk in the shining light of your love. Help us not to miss the happy reunion of truth and mercy today as we come to open our service. As you remind us according to your word, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and glory forever. Amen. At this time, um, is there anybody that would like to kind of fill in for Mike? Mike, I know, wanted to be here. He, he spoke to me like three or four times this past week, just trying to um, determine the scripture and, and trying to acquire some thoughts that would um, encourage you today. Any encouraging words by way of um, fuse? Kurt, do you feel led? You want to make your way to the pulpit on there, on the other side there, and grab the mic? Now, many of you don't realize that many of the thoughts that Mike shares on you on Sunday mornings comes from Kurt. Kurt has moved in. Mike and Tina, and he's just a, a real asset to Liberty. Would you introduce yourself by way of television, radio today, sir? You can unmask if you want. Here. Yeah, I'll pick you up on that. It's going to be hard enough to talk without encumbrances. Uh, my name's Kurt. Uh, I'm also known as Boom. That's a, an alias, I guess you'd call it. Biker name. Uh, bikers are sometimes sometimes use aliases for various reasons. Mine's not to hide my identity, uh, or because I'm wanted in some counties or anything like that. So it's, it's more of a tradition. Uh, rather than focus on uh, the message, I'll give you an update on my. Mike and I go back probably 12 years from what we can determine, possibly 15. Uh, been a rock for me. He's been a wonderful brother. And Mike needs our prayers right now. Uh, some might know and some might not that he is, as we speak, in the hospital. And it's serious but not life-threatening uh, anymore. And rather than go into all the details of what happened, I, I can tell you it's a, it's a UTI, I think they call it. And it caused him to have a very high temperature. And high enough to the point where he was taken by ambulance. And it happened Friday night. And anyone who knows Mike knows that he recovers very quickly from injuries that are beyond my comprehension. And I think he's going to be home today. 
COVID. Is that COVID? Uh, we think it's important because we're all vulnerable to that. Um, Jesus has a special place in my life. And beyond that, Jesus is my Savior. Uh, I'm a sinner. And I need redemption. And I've been on a journey find a church home. And part of my getting together with Mike is to get me through uh, some troubling times spiritually. Personally, I'm fine. Everything's good. Uh, it's not a matter of being desperate. It's a matter of wanting the Word of God. And I've been to various churches and various denominations, and one thing that was lacking was the Word of God. I'd go to churches and it would be self-help. Uh, one, one pastor actually resorted to doing TED Talks, I mean literally TED Talks on YouTube, and that was part of the sermon. And I'm sharing that because here, the Word of God is preached. And that's sorely lacking. I, I've yet to find a church until this one that actually focuses on the Word of God. And so I, I was very thirsty for that, uh, very hungry to learn more. Uh, I've studied the Bible all my life. I'm very familiar with a lot of it. I'll never be able to comprehend all of it. Telling you this, 
his temperature was 105.7. When and the doctor that was attending him said, and he's an experienced doctor, said he's never seen a fever that high. And no damage was done. That's the last test they're going to do is to make sure there was no damage, further damage to uh, his brain as a result of this. So temperature that high can probably do some damage to uh, who knows what organs. So uh, thank you for letting me share this, and uh, thank you for bringing me in to the fold. And Brother Randy, thank you. You're, you're a rock for me as well. Let's give the Lord a round of applause, and let's just extend our hand to Boone. Um, I can't work there. Father, I just want to thank you for Boone and the blessing that he's been to my Tina and all of it, United Methodists, and continue to saturate Boone from the top of his head to the soles of his feet with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Boone knows that he's, he's always on standby. If I pass out in a boat, he's going to come up and arrest me. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. Let's, let's, let's again turn to our bulletin insert. And, and that's one of the things that we really emphasize here. And those of you who have been regular listeners um, by way of television radio, you realize that we talk and emphasize scripture. We're going to deal with God and the family, God and the family today, and, and how we're kind of moving from the sacred sanctuary. This is a sacred ground. This is a sacred sanctuary because we're dealing with God's Word. And how we kind of gradually move to from sacred sanctuary to sacred spaces and all of our activities. And let's look at... Um, 593 here, 593 here. God and the family, taken from Genesis chapter 1 and Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. If you join me in the black bullpen. So God created man his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them.
children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Father, in sacred place, in sacred place, we are tempted to use the silence to think of ourselves, our problems, and our personal needs. And the temptation to self-absorption is even more powerful in sacred spacing, in sacred spacing, as we move from a sacred sanctuary to sacred, from sacred spaces to sacred spacing. And just look at how many people standing in line are oblivious to their surroundings and focused entirely on their own little worlds. What separates the secular from the sacred is our ability to surrender, surrender our egos to a higher purpose and to prioritize the needs of others over our own personal concerns. In Jesus' name, amen. You and I are living in times where we really need to practice, really practice charity, practice love. In sacred places, we we are used to passing, passing and offering plates and, and greeting one another and giving one another a hug and a, and a handshake and a pat on the back. But we're going to have to maybe put that off for a few weeks or a few months. We're used to passing the offering plate and giving a donation to the work of the church and the cause of Christ and kingdom. And we have the offering plates back where we have the bulletins that you grab as you came into the church rather than being given one. In sacred spacing, there's almost always an opportunity to donate to a social service or health care program. And at the end of the line, when you check out, and there's an opportunity to give to the poor, to give to the homeless after, after a walk, or an opportunity to give a gift of food to a neighbor. The Holy Spirit is often associated with fire, and an act of charity is what ignites the Holy Spirit's presence. There's always a blessing for someone other than yourself. And the bond that you and I feel with the persons before and behind us is extended to others who are out of reach. I had no idea that there'd be such a tremendous response from the bikers as, as they gathered and, and Many of them said to me that the spiritual ball and vacuum that was filled in their hearts and their lives when so many people came up to them and thanked them for being with us last Sunday. As we tried to pass the peace, pass the peace, in a sacred space, we used to turn our neighbors and we used to shake hands and embrace 
sacred spacing, to move from sacred space to, to move to sacred spacing, you can do the same thing. Oftentimes, as I come to church, nearly every day I'm greeted by the, those two dogs that are barking outside the church. Two black poodles, and I'll often say to them, you know me, you don't need to bark. And then I began to realize that that might be their hello. That might, their bark might be, have a good day. It's good to see you. See how when I mention the dogs, they suddenly stop barking? They wanted a little attention. In sacred spacing, you can do the same thing. You, you can say these words aloud to those before you and behind you, or passing by at a distance. You can quietly pray for more distant strangers with the same intentionality, like you pray for those by way of television, by those by way of radio. Radio 980, our local channel 20 television. And when you check out of a store or pass by any civil civic center working, you can speak aloud and you can say thank you for your caringness and your givingness. For really standing in the gap between what's going on in the world and what's going on in your life. It is this intentionality of our words that, that makes this sacred spacing. Other Christians will recognize the, almost the liturgical formula and may respond accordingly. How many times have you asked Mike how he's doing and what is his response? Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. Even though I don't deserve it. <laughs> Even though I don't deserve it. Don't deserve it. Let's say it in Mike's honor because he'll probably be listening. He could say, okay. I'm blessed and highly favored, even though I do not deserve it. Truly, how important that is. You and I, we are truly blessed. We are truly highly favored, even though you do not deserve it. Now, I'd like to have you all give out your best part to satisfy the neighbors, little black fools. So oftentimes when I call attention to the distractions, we kind of forget about them. It's in this intentionality of our words that makes this sacred spacing. Other Christians will recognize this liturgical formula and may respond accordingly. I remember a member of our congregation some years ago who, who had a similar saying, and if you remember George Hobbit, he used to ask her, you know, how he's doing, and he'd say, well, not so bad, but I'm going to get a little bit better, something along those lines. Others will recognize the peculiarity of those words, maybe at first, that stand out from our usual. And I know that Mike has gotten into trouble a few times. Can you imagine that? He's gotten in trouble because 
somebody has asked him at the counter that how he's doing it, he's, he said, I'm blessed and highly favored. They would take that out of context and they would criticize him and go to some manager and say, well, I don't want to hear any religious preaching when I check out at Target. And thank God for the Target managers, higher echelon, that stand behind Mike. And Mike says, I'm blessed and highly favored. The casual greetings, they signify something special. They, they will think about it afterwards, I believe. Hopefully they will feel a sense of inner peace and a sense of community, community hope because we, we all need that sense of peace. We all need that sense of community hope. As churches close and, and reopen and as worship services close and reopen and are suspended during this pandemic and the chaos and the confusion, one of the things that Christians miss the most is the sacred space. And how important the sacred space is in being our cheerleaders. I um, played many high school and college sports and we always had cheerleaders. We always had a, a group of people and I often wondered when when the sports go back and the spectators are not in the stands, how the team on the floor and on the field will react with no spectators. None to cheer us on, none to support us. The Bible says, forsake ye not the assembly of one another together. For such, God calls you and I to do, forsake not the assembly of one another the time and day that we live in. Just being in the sanctuary should bring us a, a, a sense of peace and calm and encouragement and hope. And many of you have remarked about that just last Sunday, just being in the parking lot alone, just being in the parking lot alone brought such a sense of peace and calm and encouragement and, and hope and how we need a sense of Sanctuary, sanctuary symbols of the organ, the music, scripture, community activities. These sanctuary symbols link us to the past and, and all the Christians of all history who faced adversity and, and remember the victory, the conquerors that we come to the victory in Christ. We feel the presence of the Holy Spirit surrounding us and, and reinforcing meaning and, and purpose for our, our lives. We can choose to be purpose-driven for Christ. And the Holy Spirit is present still. Still in a new way, today we are, we are learning to keep our distance. To keep our distance. Next Sunday, as we partake in communion, we probably won't be kneeling together at the altar. We'll be going out as we leave the sanctuary. And as some churches have, you come to worship and now you need to serve. 
you'll take up your elements which represent the body and the blood of Christ. The bread which represents Christ's body, the blood, the grape juice which represents his blood which is shed for the forgiveness of your sins. We feel the presence of the Holy Spirit surrounding us and, and reinforcing meaning and, and a purpose in our purpose-driven lives. The Holy Spirit is still present, only in a new way. Today we are learning, yes, I say it again, to keep our distance. When we're in lines, we keep the regulation six feet of separation from those before and behind. And when we go for a walk, we wave to each other or call out a greeting from a safe distance. However, with intentionality and intentional spiritual practice, we can convert this isolation that we experience into connection, and we can celebrate sacred spacing. In a sacred space, in a sacred space, we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit among us in the church. In sacred spacing, we feel the Holy Spirit between us. That six feet of space is only empty to the physical eye. If we look with spiritual eyes, we can see that the space is actually filled by God. The Holy Spirit continues to bind us together. Bind us together. And the best way to sense spiritual presence is not to look at empty space, but to look at real people. Observe. Take a moment now and observe those who are around you. To your left, in your right, in front of you. Take a moment. You may want to stand. You may want to take a stretch. Would you like to stand? Would you like to stretch?
And those by way of television or by way of radio, if you belong to a church that that probably never ever believed in shaking hands, I I served a couple congregations that never believed in shaking hands and never believed in hugging. But it is interesting over the years they became the, the most greedy and hugging and genuinely empathetic congregations. You can train yourself to be even more empathetic to the behavior, the habits, the spiritual questions of the people that are around you. As we close today, I want to remind you that in sacred space, just as in sacred spacing, we are used to passing the blessings. We are used to doing things that we need to develop a sense of new normal. And we are living in a time of great turbulence, turbulence and anxiety, the coronavirus has stirred panic as Christians over that have experienced lifelong discipleship are seeking to almost allow faith to overcome their fears. Faith overcoming their fears. Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34 that we are not to worry about our lives. What we will eat or what we will drink or about our bodies what we will wear is not, not life more than food and the body more than clothes Jesus said. Ask Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air Jesus says. They do not sow or they do not reap. They do not store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they and anyone? By worrying at a single hour to your life, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. It's interesting with the virus and with the rioting but the Latin word from which we derive anxiety, say anxiety, means to choke. The Latin word from which we derive anxiety means to choke. The Anglo-Saxon root for worry means to strangle. To strangle. And that's what worry does. It chokes the life out of us. It, it suffocates our, our spirits. It, it strangles our ability to make good decisions. And Jesus asks, who of you by worrying can add a, a single hour to their life? The obvious answer is none of us can extend our lives by worrying, not for, for an hour, not for a minute, not for a second. In fact, research tells us that the opposite occurs that physically anxiety can lead to hypertension, heart attacks, and compromise the 
we think we worry because of external circumstances, but that may not always be true. We can put two people in identically bad situations, and, and one will worry and one will not. That's because worry is determined more by our, our, our internal condition than our external condition. If there is a little faith within us that the smallest concerns will fill our hearts with great anxiety, but if we take hold of faith and, and let faith take hold of us, there will be little room for fear within us. Jesus provides a prescription for letting go of worry. First, Jesus tells us to have faith in God's character. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of much more value than they? Matthew chapter 6. Now, God can meet the needs of the birds who live and if we have to go out and find food every day, certainly God can provide for us and have the ability to work and save and to plan. Do you believe God knows you? Yes, I'm asking you by way of television, by way of radio, and those who are here. Do you believe that God knows you? That God loves you? That God is aware of all your needs and will provide for you? Not everybody does. I remember praying with an elderly man many years ago who was suffering with cancer, and he had lost his wife, and he felt alone, and he was hurting. And, and I asked him if he knew that God loved him, and, and I'll never forget his answer. He said, it feels. It feels like God doesn't even know my name anymore. Now, if you're by way of radio or by way of television, and you're thinking that God doesn't even know your name anymore, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. There will be many times in our lives when it will feel as if God does not care about us or God does not know our name and that God's not working for our good. And we must decide, will we trust our feelings or will we trust our God? Will we trust with God that God is good, wise, powerful, and loving? A heavenly Father who knows what we need. God is too good to be unkind. And God is too wise to be mistaken. If God has said that he takes care of and is aware of the sparrow that falls, God has taken care of you and I. Life may be uncertain and full of peril. It always has been and always will be. What's not uncertain is the character of God. The character of God, our Heavenly Father, and he has said that if we cannot trace his hand, we can always trust his heart. For he is our Heavenly Father. He knows us. He loves us. He's powerful. He's all wise and he will provide for us. God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Repeat with me by way of television and radio and congregation here. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you do love me, irregardless of my feelings. I'm going to walk my path in faith rather than feelings. Help me, O oh Lord, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
forgive my sins, things I've done and left undone. Come into my heart and life. In Jesus' name.
also true that any work of God really takes shape and form when partnership comes together to make the inspiration a reality. Father, may the grace and the peace and the love, fellowship of God's Holy Spirit go forth and abide for each and every one of us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bless these gifts and these offerings now, the gift of our time, our talents, and our treasures. Bless those by way of fellowship and reading. Four minutes. 